Hi, this is John from Red Dice Diaries, and I'm joined by Jaron from Power Up Gamers, role-playing for accessibility. Thanks very much for being with us, Jaron. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure and an honor. Oh, no problems at all. Now, according to the description on the Power Up Gamers Facebook group, Power Up Gamers is a place for disabled gamers to feel safe in discussing how their disabilities affect their gaming in tabletop RPGs and to have players and DMs who are willing to work with them to meet their needs. In addition, you strive to bring awareness of disability issues to the larger RPG community as a whole with ways to handle these issues appropriately and non-offensively and we'll be putting a link to the power up gamers uh, facebook in the description of this podcast now awesome oh, no, no problem at all it's a, it's a great goal i'm quite happy to publicize that as much as we possibly can that is what a special focus of ours although power up gamers is really for everyone yeah and red regardless of orientation religion politics we believe that doesn't matter when you sit down to play a game well as you say it's nice to see given given all the sort of for all that can go on in the the, the the sort of community it's nice to see a place where the focus is on sort of not having whatever differences there are interfere with sitting down together and enjoying role-playing games together i think that's a great thing Okay, now obviously we're here to discuss Legat's Tome of Amazing Creatures Volume 3, which is currently on Kickstarter. I believe there's 20 days to go as of the time of recording. But before we get into that, we've just been talking a little bit about Power Up Gamers at at the start of this interview. Now, I believe you founded that in about, was it about 2014, 2015? It started in 2015 with the YouTube channel. Oh. Okay, would you be able to tell us a little bit more about how POG was created and what you feel the benefits of such a group and a community is? Okay, well, when when I started being disabled myself and having special needs, I'm on the autism spectrum disorder, obviously a speech impediment, and have other medical issues. It was a way for me to kind of talk about how it influenced me as a player and a DM. And it was also, YouTube was a good way to record my games, watch them back, and figure out where I needed to improve as a DM. Yeah, I I think think that's a, a very good point. I mean, initially, that's how that's why i started recording games as well so i could just like look at what i'd done before when i had a bit of a break and sort of see oh yeah i need to improve that or i could do it like polishing up this a little bit a bit yeah and within not even a month people were watching in a lot of the videos i had a series that has now been become like matters, but back then it was called disabilities in RPGs. 
mm-hmm. is an images where I talked about stuff like depression and autism. We we did a series about being deaf because I had dated a lady when I was younger who was deaf. Uh, so I knew a little bit about how that might affect a player. And people really just kind of flocked to it. But within about a month, we, we had over 150 subscribers, people over wanting a community. So we hopped over to Facebook, made one, and it just kind of kept going from there (laughs) okay now as we've said um, power up gamers has a presence on facebook and also on drive through rpg i know you've put out a a number of small supplements which are sort of pay what you want and obviously you've put out the legats uh, creature books and obviously we'll put links to all of that now i remember reviewing legats tome volume one on my youtube channel i think it was way back in like september 2018 uh, and gave it a pretty good rating now i remember being pretty impressed with it overall especially for an early product by a group or a company which i think made it even more of an achievement i was just wondering when you sort of when when the whole snowball started rolling and forming this community as you were saying did did you immediately think that like oh you know yeah this is we could branch out into publishing or how did that sort of come about Um, well the publishing bit wasn't something i foresaw okay back when we started but with that being said, all my life I've been a writer. I've had poems published, short stories, articles. So writing is something that comes naturally to, to me. And it was something I wanted to pursue. Oh. Excellent. Oh. Now, because of my love of gaming, writing, and kind of what we're about with promoting equal rights and accessibility for everyone. Mm-hmm. It was just like, okay, we should combine these three passions into one thing. Uh, and that's kind of where the idea uh, for, well, let's make some supplements and, and that kind of thing started at. And we've had up, ups and downs, like anyone does. True. But, but we're continuing on. And... How have you found the the reception to the in, in general to the the previous two volumes of Legats that you've released? It's been pretty positive overall. A lot of people love the uniqueness of the monsters, which I think is just totally awesome. Um, they they like the little lore culture and history sections we add. It's, it was part of the reason we decided to do monster-based mandible type things first, was because we felt 
that's something that's been missing out, out of like every monster compendium we've seen. They touch real, real quick on, uh, on a, in a basic description that might be two paragraphs long and then nothing. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna mention that actually, because uh, I, I was a big fan back in the day when sort of Dragon Magazine was a thing. You know, they used to do like the yes. the ecology <laughs> articles where it's like, oh, the ecology of like a roper or an illithid or whatever. Yes, yeah, I, I miss those. Yeah, I, I really do. I, I used to love those articles. So I remember when I was looking at Legat's Volume One, like a lot of people, like you say, I really sort of like jumped onto those the law sections because, like you say, th- that's separated volume one from a lot of the other best series i've seen where like you say they focused a lot on the stats a lot on the sort of abilities that get used in combat and then it like said maybe one or two sentences describing what they actually were and, and of course as a gm you can you can sort of finesse that and you can fit it into your own campaign but i always yeah. think it's nice to get like an idea of what the author sort of sees as like the creature being you know yeah and we really wrote it we tried to leave it generic enough that people could use it in any setting but we tried to give enough of a feeling okay this particular monster is social and and hunts and packs yeah acts the ways that you young um those kind of, of things that a lot of DMs honestly just don't think about when it comes to monsters. I think as well, it's it's nice. Obviously, if you're a time sort of push gem, you know you're, you're struggling a bit for time. Okay, yeah, of course, if you've got all the time in the world, you can of course make up all of this monster lore yourself. But if you're under a bit of time pressure, maybe you've not got as much time as you like, or you roll, you use one of these monsters in a random encounter. It's really nice just to have this stuff like plainly and simply written down like it is in the Legats books. And you can just look at it and you can go, right, yeah, I get what this monster's about. And you can run with it straight away. Yeah. And and you can mix and match the different lore culture history set actions pretty easily to make, make it fit your own, own setting. That's kind of how we wanted to build stuff was that you could mix and match whatever you could use it or leave it. It might spark a different idea uh, uh, with inspiration. So we really try to focus on that kind of perspective. And overall, I think we did probably the best job we could while still kind of getting what we saw across okay excellent now i can see that the kickstarter is already over a quarter of the way funded which uh, i mean i'm no expert but it seems like it's pretty good going i mean with 20 days still to go as of time of recording how have your previous experiences i mean i don't know personally i don't know anything about setting up a kickstarter but i know a few people who have how have you how have your experiences with kickstarter been and what would you say are the challenges of running a sort of rpg based kickstarter campaign yeah okay overall it's been pretty good uh, we've ran two previous kickstarters that 
were successful and pulled like 10% more than our initial funding goal. This one, and the pledges are a little bit slower coming in and at the beginning, but part of that's we didn't have press releases out right as early as we did before. Yeah. Oh, but it's pretty typical to hit the 25% within the uh, first 10 and days ace, and then build up another uh, uh, 30 to 50% yeah, in the middle of the Kickstarter. And then the last 48 hours is usually a big push. Yeah, I was going to say, I've, I've heard a lot of other people talk about uh, you sometimes get like a bit of a lull in the middle and then there's this big sort oh, of yeah. like rush at the end. Yeah, it, it's pretty typical. The first 48 hours and the last 48 hours are your big pledge days. days. Okay. Now, if, now, do you have, if someone else was thinking of like running an RPG related Kickstarter, obviously having run this, this being like your third one, do you have any advice you'd give to like anyone else who was thinking of either getting into sort of like that whole indie publishing thing or they were thinking of perhaps running their own Kickstarter sure. campaign? Uh, for, for Kickstarter, uh, and pretty much any kind of, product that you're wanting to put out. Oh, real estate has a saying, location, location, location. <laughs> For us, it's communication, 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 constantly promotion, all interest posts, ads, doing things like coming in on for this podcast, have an email contact list of people you know, pe oh, oh, people who supported you in the past, constantly be looking at new YouTube channels that you haven't looked at before, oh, or um, different blog sites, sites, and just reach out. Yeah, you'll get a lot of no's over not interested, etc. But you'll get some yeses too, and then those people go on your contact list, and you build up over time, just like any social or media. Uh, they don't do it overnight. It's a process. Yeah. Okay, now, now, sorry, go now, ahead. Now, if you're looking at doing something like a YouTube channel, Twitstream, a publishing company, a, 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 one thing I would suggest and something I've done with Power Up Gamers is I've allowed people to come on as co-hosts or consultants to kind of learn some of the ropes. Oops. There's also places like Skillshare.com that has 
a bunch of classes, including stuff on how to use OBS, uh, uh, how to do social media, how to make brand branding. And some of, of the classes are free. They're small video formats, usually mm-hmm. five to 15 minutes per a lesson and each class might be five or six videos. So you could watch it in an hour or two here and there. And that's a lot of good information. And and uh, so it's not really hard, but my I would suggest just kind of reach out in the different communities. There's a lot of folks that are willing to sit and talk with you and give give you the experiences. I personally love doing that. When I get a free time, of course. <laughs> oh, so that's just kind of how you get started in any hobby. You just kind of just put yourself out there and, and see what happens. Excellent. Okay, now we, we've spoke a little bit about uh, the law section of Legat. Now, there's lots of different uh, D&D, sort of bestiaries, monster books, etc. out there. Uh, aside from the, the law sections, what do you think makes Legat's Volume 3 sort of different? What, what sets them apart from other bestiaries? Uh, well, this is it for all the Legat volumes. Um, We've done more than just the monsters. We, we have the custom every CR tables, holes, terrain tables, stuff that you find in other Easter rivers. Mm-hmm. But along with that, we've included a D100 table in each volume. In the, in the GOT 1, it was Adventure Hooks. Legat 2 was Magic Items. In Volume 3, it is going to be Factions. And and with the Factions, we're including the name of the Faction, the person who founded it or is leading it, a way to contact them, um, kind of what their goals and motives are, and kind of where they're located. And, and we also include a section based in the world of Lagarde that has 12 locations and that includes traps, puzzles, riddles, or description and, and flavor text based on, on some of the senses. Is So you get a lot more than just Here's some monsters. As within, if you had all three volumes, um, you could literally run pretty much any kind of one-shot or campaign and you wanted it within a fantasy setting, of course. Mm-hmm. 
Now, speaking of the of the monsters that are in Legat's Volume 3, can you give us a sneak preview of any of the monsters that are in there? Oh. Uh, and I was going to say, if you had to pick one out of Legat's Volume 3 as your favourite, which one would you pick and why? Well, that's going to be hard to pick one. Um, there are a couple that I really like. Okay. Like, we have the Vampiric Tree. And I've used this in various one-shots. But we've all seen pictures or have actually seen trees like the old oak that looks dead, been hit by lightning, whatever. And that was kind of my inspiration for the look of the vampiric tree. But... But I, but I was like, okay, I've been a DM and a player for uh, over 30 years now. And I can't tell you how many times I'm, people will go through a, through a forest, jungle area, and not pay attention to the plants. Yeah. They think it's just part of the background. And I I was like, okay, we need something to make these trees stand out to make traveling a bit dangerous, especially in like a spooky jungle or a creepy forest. So let's Give them basically a vampire or where the trunk meets eats the branches, and we'll have them able to use the branches to grab at 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 the the victims and lift them up. So that's one that I like using. We there was. Also, a monster back in first edition, I believe it was, called the Thorf. And it was intended to be kind of a mummy lord kind of deal. Okay. And for some reason, the last time I think I remember seeing it was second edition, and then it just disappeared. Well, we brought it back, kind of refreshed it up, gave it kind of this Egyptian pharaoh kind of a deal. But our inspiration, and besides, like the original Thor was also Mumra of a Thundercats. Oh, yeah, I remember him well. That's, and we were like, wouldn't that be? A cool, oh, mummy load kind of monster. So we did, so we did that. Uh, uh, we there's just so much. We have three different types of hags. Eggs. We have the soul stalker, which was based 
basically on the invisible stalker that's in the monster manual. Mm -hmm. But we we thought, wouldn't it be cool if this was a Soul Reaper, Grim Reaper kind of deal? So we turned it into one. So we we have those. Oh, we have a killer rabbit called the Sakin. <laughs> and, and, and it that actually was one of the first monsters I ever created. It and it came off of originally Gary Gagax had did in an adventure where uh, his party saw this rabbit up in the tree. And it looked kind of sickly. Well, I liked the picture they did of it, and that just stuck with me, so I made this killer rabbit. Nice. So we had that, we just hags, there's fiends, there's an undead troll, all called the Jarlin, and which, for those who are Mortal Kombat fans, Prince Gobu, oh, the frog monster, that was basically the inspiration for the undead troll. Excellent. So we have some really cool old stuff, just like every other mo- volume. It's hard to pick just one. Well, I say my wife will no doubt be pleased that there's um, more <laughs> hags in it because she already tells me off that like whenever I see her, whenever I see like an, uh, someone described as like a sort of hunched old woman in like a D and D game, I immediately assume they're like an evil, powerful sorcerer. Yeah. So she'll be loving the fact there's more hags in that. Now you you spoke a little bit about your, your where you sort of got your inspiration for those various monsters. Now at the very start of a project like doing uh, when you when you first thought oh let's let's do let's do a third volume of Legats, uh, when you've initially decided to start out on a project, how do you sort of start getting the inspiration coming in for your monsters, or do you get that inspiration first and then you think oh well let's do a book because I've got enough. Um. In this case, Ace, uh, some of the monsters is, are things I've used in 30-plus years of DMing. Yeah. Hey, hey. So we already had some of them. It was just a matter of tweaking up the stats and modding out a bit on the lure. But once I decided to do a monster book, because originally it was all supposed to be one volume. Um, But then we looked at our prices and we're like, no, we need to break this down. Fat. But uh, originally I was like, okay. His, just his. What I got? How many do I want to make? 
and I'm like, well, I look through monster manual, well, there's like 50 monsters here. I looked through a couple other uh, compendiums that had about, about 40 to 50, and I'm like, well, I want this to be a little bit bigger than your average monster man. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, let's go 75. Well, then, when we went to look at our work and finding Red Lot, we need to break this down. Let's do three volumes. Well, let's do 26 in each volume. Yeah. And we'll make 78. So that's kind of how we decided um, inspiration just comes from different spots as we're making them. For example, we had the Zing Bug Bear in Volume 2. When I originally came up with the name, I had no idea what it was going to be. I just knew I wanted to do something for the bugbears that was different because there wasn't a lot of choice. No. You had basically your shaman type, you had your war leaders, and then you had your friends. And that was it. Well, at the time, I happened to be watching Marvel's series The Flash. And I was like, okay, what if this bugbear could move as fast as the Flash? So I went in, looked at mechanics. Okay, instead of 30 feet movement, which is pretty typical, let's bump it up to like 50. We'll give him an speed ability where he can double his movement without out having to use his bonus action, things like that. And that's kind of how we got inspiration on all the monsters and just different shows, different books, or just that really cool idea that you want Want to see put somewhere, but you don't know quite where it fits. <laughs> now you uh, you mentioned, um, let's say, you various different places that you got your ideas for these different creatures. Um, I was wondering, could you tell us a bit about the other people you've got working on this book? Because I, I know it's not like yeah. a, a strictly solo effort, is it? There's a group of you working on it. No. Um, a lot of it is being done by me, but. There are some other people. We have Riot, who is one of the partners of Power Up Gamers. He's helping a lot with the uh, tables, all promotion, editing. So a lot of his stuff is kind of more behind the scenes. Okay. We have Laced, who 
helped us with the volume two. He's back as a consultant and he's helping me review the mechanics and low culture history section, kind of giving his feedback on what we have and how we should tweak it. And we just brought a new person aboard, Christina, uh, who's going to be doing a lot of writing for us in the near future. Uh, but she's also helping with kind of the review of what's already there, polishing it up, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, you mentioned uh, someone helping you with the mechanics there. I mean, I I personally, I've run a little bit of D&D 5th edition, and I, I'm sort of playing in a game, and I've played in a couple of games before. Yeah. How, how have you how have you found that? Because obviously you're talking about, like we were talking about the, the fast-moving sort of flash bugbear there. Yeah. Uh, you were talking about, you, know, you tweaked various mechanics. How sort of easy or difficult has it been to do that and sort of like how it, strenuously have you had to play yeah. past these creatures it, it's actually pretty easy um the dmg has like a 19 step process for making a monster that works but i recommend going to log of holding yeah. It's a blog site. They have an article on there called Five E Monster Earth on a Business Code. And they actually reverse engineered the formula as that Wizards of the Coast uses. All right. And okay. they and they have have a CR table all the way up to CR twenty six. They didn't do the last four CR levels because CR goes all the way up to 30. Mm-hmm. But they explain the different formulas, how they work, and how much you can adjust each one. And that's what we used in volume two. We're using it again in volume three. And it comes out pretty close to what you will get using the DM. But it's a bit easier to understand and use. And you said that was blog of holding? Yes, that's blogofholding.com. Um, in fact, I can send you the link. Yeah, if you could. Yeah, if you could, I'll put that in the, um, the description of the podcast as well, since people listening to this might be interested in that. Thank you very much. Oh, no problem. I'm always glad to promote something I find useful. And it saves a lot of time for me. And then a lot of the abilities for the monsters is we look at spells that are out there. We look at what the monster manual has for abilities and we change the name and we might tweak how it works just a tiny bit. Yeah. Okay, now I'm just looking at the, as we're talking, I'm just looking at the Kickstarter page for Legat's Time of Amazing Creatures Volume 3. Now I can see that the 
the minimal sort of pledge to to get a pdf copy of that is ten dollars us and i can see that it goes all the way up to the sort of top tier which i think's pog avatar which i mean that there is that there is like a metric ton of cool stuff on that i mean yeah pretty much much everything Um, you guys have done yes and we just added a new pledge to like last night the trondy gauntlet to and that was in response to specific requests from previous backers who just wanted the PDF and the physical copy. They didn't want any of the uh, other merchandise because as they, most of them already have. Yeah. Well, I was just about to say, talking of the other merchandise, I can see that in the in the sort of high level pledge, I mean, the, there's a ton of uh, Power Up Gamers merchandise as yeah. well as copies of, like, say, absolutely loads of books. Um, is there anything else, apart from what we've discussed, in store for various tiers? Or are there any interesting stretch goals you'd like to tell us about? Oh, oh yeah, we have a couple things. The first off is the $20 pledge we just talked about, Richard just the PDF for volume three and the physical copy. Yeah. The $25 stretch pledge is a PDF bundle of everything we put out. It will have all three volumes of the costume of amazing creatures, at least three fiasco play sets that we put out in a couple single monsters. PDFs as well. So for 25 bucks, you're getting like eight PDFs. Excellent. Yes. Our $75 pledge is where the first physical copy of volume three comes in if you want all the other merchandise. Yeah. But our top tier is the one I really want to mention because it's limited to 10 people. It's $158 pledge or more. And the reason for that, we are doing a special collector's edition of all three volumes put into one volume. It's going to be hardcover and we're having most of the people involved with all three volumes signed. I like so. I was say looking at the um, the top tier here, so you actually get a copy of the individual books in soft cover and yes. then you get the, the hardcover combination as well. Yes. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so it is definitely worth it. Plus you have your other merchandise ice ice you get all the PDFs Etc. And what so, about I was going to say? What about um, stretch goals for the um, the Kickstarter campaign? For stretch goals, right now we have our first stretch goal, which is two thousand dollars. Our initial goal is twelve hundred, so eight hundred dollars more, and we will be giving physical copies to 
every backer who pledges twenty-five U.S. dollars or more. Nice. Uh, our second stretch goal is a custom T-shirt featured in the sky pattern from the cops to amazing in 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 creatures of volume two. If it's the cover art, it's the image we're going to use. And we'll have some little slogan like let your imagination so free. And um if if this this stretch goes back, what level of pledge will the, the T shirt be going out with? All, all the stretch goals are twenty five USD only. Okay, excellent. Thank you. And then the third stretch goal at five thousand USD is an adventure or written specifically for Lagat using locations in the volumes, using monsters in the volumes. So all those little pieces we're already giving you, we're going to uh, make an actual adventure or uh, module uh, out of it and offer that. And, and will that be if, a hard copy or a PDF? At the moment, it is planned to be a both a PDF and a soft cover, okay, or a physical copy. And of course, if we happen to break that stretch goal, we'll be adding more. There's some things we would love to do, like I get miniatures made for all. All seventy-eight of the monsters, as maybe a, some um, dice tower hours with the monsters sketched into um, things, things like that. Okay, great. Um, well, I think we've pretty much covered all the questions I had about uh, Legat's Volume Three. Obviously, as I said earlier, I'm going to put a link to the the Kickstarter campaign, all the various other sort of sites we've mentioned in the podcast description. If you're looking for some very interesting monsters with like a bit of a, a fun, unique twist on things, like I said, I gave Legat's Volume 1 a, a very high rating, and I expect that, that Volume 3 will be as equally a high standard, so I urge you to give that a look and obviously if you can support the kickstarter before we wrap up jaron is there anything else you'd like to say about the campaign or anything else you'd like to mention uh, um one one thing uh, i do encourage is even if you can't make a pledge for the kickstarter help put the word out share, share this podcast with your circle all 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 your friends and and, and who, who knows maybe one of your friends will pick up a copy and then you'll get access to it anyway <laughs> yeah i think you're absolutely right there jeremy as you said earlier on communication is absolutely key to the success of any venture especially in like a uh, I mean, granted, RPGs becoming more and more of a sort of visible hobby, but it's still a fairly sort of niche hobby. So, any oh, yeah. a, any amount of communication and sort of like spreading yeah. the word can only be a good thing. 
and we definitely appreciate all the support. It means so much uh, to us, us, for one, having special needs. I can't work a regular physical job. Uh, so this is one of the ways I make a living. Yeah. And, and, and big by doing so, oh, I'm helping artists within our community. I'm helping members of the RPG community, both in offering games and products. Uh, but a place for them to feel safe, that they can talk about whatever's on their mind. That is so essential to all of us that we we would love to expand and do more it's just time effort and funds and okay so one last question and it's not strictly connected with legat but now yeah. at, at the um at the last um con plus one you ran a a very cool sort of fairy tale style game that I was lucky enough yeah. to play which I, I, I really enjoyed I know we chatted about that I was going to ask are you thinking of running a, a similar game this year or um, fairy tale adventures is, is one of my things I tend to do for those who don't know if you've watched once upon a time it's kind of that feel or where you mix different stories and different characters into one NPC. Hey, hey, and, and yes, uh, John <laughs> was lucky enough to get him one of those and we enjoyed having him. Um, this year, I'm actually helping the complex two staff. Oh, excellent. Uh, with getting people to run games, playing games. We're, we're also going to be donating a bunch of PDFs simply because we can't uh, at the moment and afford to pay physical all copies to uh, just give away in the amount that we would want to. Yeah. Oh. Uh, um, we'll be running in probably two, maybe three games because this year it's not 24 hours. Oh, is it not? It's three days. <sighs> I, don't, I don't know if I'll be, I'll be able to cope with three days <laughs> non-stop of role-playing. Yeah. I, was, I was flagging after the 24 hours, Jared, I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, yeah. I definitely am not going to be doing as much within one set of 24 hours. Yeah. But I like that it's spread out over the weekend. Yeah. I mean, I, I know I'll certainly be hoping to, to run some stuff and likewise trying to pace myself so I get to run some stuff and actually play in some games. But uh, obviously, like a lot of the stuff... Um, you guys do i know that sort of complus too is for for a very well a number of very worthwhile causes yeah um this year they are 
supporting the butterfly project, which yeah. is in Uganda. It uses RPGs to teach the children how to be community leaders, entrepreneurs, and kind of help bring their culture up to those of us in the first world, yeah. kind of our standards. And it does it in a fun way. Hey. So it's worthwhile. Oh, one of the main reasons for the change was we looked at what we put in for Child's Play last year. And Child's Play is a huge organization. Lots of people support it. And we were like, okay, a little $5,000 so, so really doesn't make a difference to that charity. But to one of these smaller charities, it would mean the world to them. Yeah. So we were like, we were, got talking and we were like, it's not going to hurt this other charity. And we still are supportive of that. At charity, it's not like we're cutting ties with them. It just we felt our efforts, efforts, and and the funds that we could bring in would help support another charity better. Yeah, and Power Up Gamers does the same thing. We we have several charities such as Special Olympics. We help help support RPG research, the DOTS program, child's play. Uh, so we do, we do a bunch of charity work when we can and fundraisers when we can. And so it just kind of matter of where our time and effort is best spent yeah. and can make the biggest impact. Okay, well, that's been us talking a little bit about Legat's Tome of Amazing Creatures, Volume 3. It's currently on Kickstarter from Power Up Gamers. It's got 20 days left as of the time of recording. There's a number of different tiers on there, ranging from, like I say, sort of $10 if you want to copy the PDF, all the way up to that merchandise crammed pug avatar top tier which is limited to 10 places so if you're interested in a, a really fun bestiary with some unique twists on old favorites and also new creatures inspired by many and various different things i highly recommend you get over kickstarter check out the link in this podcast and go and show your support to uh, an independent publisher doing some great work for RPGs and accessibilities in RPGs. Thank you very much for joining us, Jaron. Oh, you're more than welcome. It's been my pleasure and honor. And hopefully I'll catch you at Con Plus 2, maybe get you in a game I'm running or at least playing a game that you're running. Yeah, if not before. Indeed. 
Okay, well, thank you everyone out there for listening. This has been the Red Dice Diaries podcast. Like I say, go and check out Legat's Tome of Amazing Creatures, Volume 3. All the links are in the description. We'll see you next time. Until we do, take care, and whatever you're playing, have fun.